You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Not So Newly Lit Podcast. As usual, I'm going to have your co host, Candace. You can find me on all social media at Not So Newly Lit PC. And as usual, I'm joined by. I don't have the any. One and only. Oh. No? Nah. All right. Ow. What's up, y'all? It's Mike, as always. Uh, we got another uh, really informative show for you today. Um, I think this was a different tone than kind of like our last episode. Yeah, so don't don't fret. You know, we're not done with the Let's Talk About Sex series. However, um, in my thinking, I got to kind of talking about like vows and so on and so forth and realizing that a lot of people say their vows when they get married or a lot of people live like they've said their vows in terms of long-term relationships but I don't know that they truly think about what happens if it comes to the for worse in sickness uh till death and all that kind of stuff so um this episode we're going to talk about how to keep your relationship strong despite a chronic illness uh when one partner has a chronic illness um, but before we get into that, just want to thank you guys for tuning in. As you know, Not So Newlywed Podcast hit its one-year anniversary, August the 6th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one year, some great episodes, some, some great guests. You need some, like, applause or something. <laughs> um, so we made it to a year. We are eternally grateful for our listeners um, being supportive and checking out other things um, involving the network, such as the portal. So thank you if you're a Patreon subscriber and you listen to the portal. Um, purchase some merchandise. We do have some. We have not so newlywed t-shirts. Uh, I have not designed a the portal t-shirt. But I, I was kind of sitting in my mind, kind of a cool idea. And uh, as usual, let's get into it yeah, yeah. after all the announcements. So we're going to be completely transparent on this episode. Um, I am somebody with a chronic illness. Uh, I've talked about it before as it pertained to my pregnancy. Um, I'm a type 2 diabetic, and mm-hmm. it is one of the key reasons um why waste away is important to me if you don't know waste away launched on the anniversary of not so newlywed where i'm just talking about my journey to better fitness better health um and so years of struggling with weight and then um having a parent that was a type 2 diabetic uh and then having other close relatives that are type two diabetics. And this is on both sides of my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, genetics was not uh, working for me in that area. And then the constant struggles with weight also didn't help. Um, a lot of type two diabetics um, are severely obese 
or overweight. Um, and that's a huge contributing factor. And one of the things that, you know, losing weight can, I don't want to say remission, that's a bad word, but losing weight, maintaining a healthy diet, being active and things of that nature can get you into a place where you can maintain uh, diabetes and your A1C with diet and exercise and you're Mm -hmm. not insulin dependent and, you know, things of that nature. So that's a big thing for me is that I am a type 2 diabetic. I was diagnosed a short time after Mike and I got together. Um, But it's important to have these conversations because life is different when you are with somebody who may have a chronic illness or they may, you know, diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, Seizures, um, seizures, um, heart, pro- about, heart um, problems, MS, uh, somebody going through cancer. Yeah. Um, it, it can change the dynamics of a relationship because it is a, uh, I don't want to say a stress, but it, it does become an added level of concern in a relationship. Mm. Um, and so I found this really good article, and Mike and I read it, and it's on WebMD, and it's called Seven Ways to Keep Your Relationship Strong Despite a Chronic Illness. And so it was written by Karen Bruno, and it, the, the first line is very powerful. Don't let chronic illness weaken the bond between you and your partner. Okay. And so one of the key things in the article is that it says a study show that marriages in which one spouse has a chronic illness are more likely to fail if the spouses are young and spouses who are caregivers are six times more likely to be depressed than spouses who do not need caregivers. And so it goes on to say that uh, according to a clinical psychologist, and uh, the vice president of the Professional Resource Center at the National MS Society, that even in the best marriages, it's hard. You feel trapped, out of control, and hopeless. But with patient and commitment, there are ways you and your partner can deal with the strain a chronic illness can place on your relationship. So first and foremost, it's about being honest about your health. That's something you have to be with your partner. You have to be honest about your physical health along with your mental health, but with your physical health, when you do have a chronic illness, it comes with a lot of added care, concern, and responsibilities, not just medically, but financially, and in terms of how you navigate in the relationship. Because, um, you know, when, when we got together, I was dealing with the, the headache stuff, right? right? And... Uh, you were really supportive, but at the same time, you know, we weren't married yet, weren't living together. But for me, like I, I endured a lot of additional financial costs. You know, we're talking about medical bills. Right. We're talking about seeing specialists in and out of, you know, MRIs, CAT scans, uh medications to see if you know tests yeah tests new medications constant it was constant and so if that's what I dealt with while we were 
not living together, not married, um, I can imagine the strain that would have caused while we were married. Not to say it would break us up, but it would be additional stress for us in terms of being a diabetic. I made it important to myself to manage that, get it controlled, keep it controlled, um, just because so much can happen with uncontrolled chronic illnesses. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And one of the, another one of the big things with me with Waste Away is, you know, while I have no doubt in my mind that you would absolutely take care of me or make sure that I'm taken care of should I fall severely ill, I don't feel like it's fair to risk that when I have all the tools that I need to take proper care of myself. Right. Um, It's one thing if it's something you can't control. You Mm -hmm. can't control cancer. You can't control MS. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? You can't control, you know, heart problems and stuff like that. But with things like hypertension and diabetes and your cholesterol, you can control those things with proper diet and exercise, losing weight, going to the doctor when you should, staying on top of these things. But in instances where it is a situation like um, MS or cancer or, you know, it's some other major ones that I can't recall. Um, you get to a point where you have to do the work to make sure that that is not, uh, bearing down on your relationship. So this article talks about seven ways to keep the bond strong while also, um, making sure the partner with the chronic illness is getting the care that they need. And so we touched on the first one, which is communication. I I like to kind of point out that. Every time, like, we have one of these topics where it's about, like, keeping your relationship together despite, you know, anything, uh, whether it be illness, whether it be, uh, like, a chronic illness, or whether it be, like, uh, mental health, or whether it be just relationships in general, communication is always on the list. Yeah. It's it's like, if it's not number one, then it's number two. Like, it's always on the list. Yeah. Um, And it kind of puts into perspective how important it is to be able to talk to your partner and be able to relay how you feel or what you're feeling and um, let them know what you may need in these situations. Um, It kind of really puts it into perspective. Like we could go back and listen to probably all of our episodes, maybe a few we haven't touched on communication. Yeah. Communication is always the underlying theme in having a successful relationship or marriage or what have you. And with somebody with a chronic illness where they talk about communication is communicating um, about problems that don't necessarily have an easy or obvious solution right. because uh, it's easy to talk about problems that you know can be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets difficult when you have to say, okay, I, I, it's getting hard for me to get up and 
make lunch every morning or mm-hmm. it's it's hard for me to carry out you know tasks that I once could carry out um due to how I'm feeling physically and by communicating that you give your partner the opportunity to say okay well let's figure out how we can work around this yeah, okay right. you know if if it's hard for you to get up and down the steps because you know to make lunch for the kids or whatever then you know maybe the night before I can help you make the lunches so you don't have to get up and go up and down the steps without me to get it done right. you know or something right. of that nature and it's also important for the partner who I don't is I don't want to say healthy because having a chronic illness doesn't make you like on your deathbed per se, but I like the word they used in the article, the the caregiver, the caregiver, the person who is the caregiver should also communicate um, when things are getting hard for them or when something is taking a toll on them because watching like, let's say with something like MS watching the progression of how MS wears on the body. Right. I'm sure that is hard on the partner. You do not want to see the person you love suffering. Right. And Especially can... when you know them before this incident <clears throat> and you've seen how they are uh, when they are healthy. Um, it, it's really tough. I, I would say probably on the people around you. I know uh, many of our listeners probably don't know, but my father does have a, um, a defibrillator on his heart. Yeah. Um, so he has a heart condition. And I probably, with like the last three to four years, I haven't seen him like as active as I know him to be. Yeah. Um, so it, it is tough for everyone to, to, to kind of see, I don't want to say the word waste away, but like kind of see them like uh, not be themselves and, uh, yeah, and not to able see, to see be themselves. A modified, the yeah, yeah, a modified version of who they once were. Right. Yeah, that's hard to see, which leads us to, you know, the next thing they talk about, how to ease stressful emotions, because it's normal to feel sad and have anxiety uh, when you suffer from a chronic illness and when your partner sees you suffering from a chronic illness. And it's important to identify it so that you can get the proper treatment for that as well. It mm-hmm. is not uncommon for somebody who has been diagnosed with a chronic illness um, to kind of be depressed about it. Cause mm-hmm. you kind of beat yourself up like, damn, what could I have done to be, be more healthy? I, I went through that when I was diagnosed um, with diabetes, I was like, shit, I fucked up. You know, I should have been, you know, handled this or I could have done this better, but you cannot live in the what ifs, but right. Being able to having a partner I could talk to and not be judged or looked at differently or treated differently was very helpful in easing the stressful emotions and keeping in contact with my medical providers. Because Mm -hmm. um, when you, you know, it's not we make a lot of people make a lot of jokes, but you got the diabetes, you got the sugars, you're going you're going to end up like big mama and big mama, your arm and shit like that. But in, (laughs) in reality, it took me talking to my medical my medical care team and them saying yeah this is not a a death sentence for you right okay if you take the proper steps and do the right things you will have a long healthy life and what's so funny is that i was diagnosed before london and then 
I went on to have a really healthy pregnancy. And it's funny because one of my medications, which also read the side effects on your medications, <laughs> uh, is also used to help women ovulate who have problems with ovulation. And boom, there was London. So, you know, chronic having a chronic illness um, doesn't take you out of the ball game that we call life and living life and enjoying life, mm-hmm. you know, be it provided you are taking care of yourself and trying to get the best treatment that you can afford and that's, you know, available to you. Certainly. I, I kind of like uh, this step because it gives you the opportunity to kind of take control back yeah. from the illness itself. Yeah. Like it, it, like one of the first things they encourage you to do is to try to gain control, like, um, go out, search, research, you know, the disease itself or, or the illness itself and, you know, see what you can do, um, that you're capable of doing to kind of make yourself feel more healthy and, and just be more healthy overall. Yeah. Um, also, um, for whatever you may be feeling about it, they do encourage you to, to seek counseling. Yeah. Um, and just ha- be able to have those people around you that you can um, confide in as well as get good advice from to, to try to help with your mental health as well. So that because I, I feel like a lot of times people get sick. And their phys- as their physical health starts to deteriorate, their mental health starts to deteriorate yeah, as well. It's almost like those two are kind of tied together. Um, so I-, I just like those two aspects like a, a lot. Yeah, and and you know it it also talks about keeping a watch out for depression, mm-hmm. and and knowing the difference because sadness and depression are completely different. Everybody right. is prone to sadness at some point in life, um, but to be to enter into a state of depression um, that is not normal or common, um, and, and it doesn't and, have to be, and it doesn't have to be. You do not have to associate you know, what you're going through physically, you do not have to allow that to take you out of the ball game mentally, because in order to really live and deal with having a chronic illness, you have to be mentally in the game, right? You have to be like, you know what? Okay. This is the diagnosis, but it's not uh, a one way ticket into a casket. I can, take the proper steps. I can try to take care of myself as best possible. I can keep up, like I said, keep up on top of your doctor's appointments and, you know, ask questions, ask about your medications, ask this, ask about, you know, new treatments that might be more helpful than what's, you know, commonly practiced. But like I said, the key is to be able to move forward and try to have as healthy and normal life as possible you have to be mentally there right okay it's hard to be mentally there in the state of depression yeah definitely so you have that and then just you you can honestly acknowledge that the relationship has changed due to this it doesn't mean that it's changed for the worse but -hmm. you can acknowledge that it's changed like you know um for example with mike's dad you know, with his heart condition, you know, he has to have a different type of diet. He can't have too much of certain things. He can't have too much of that and things of that nature. To me, that doesn't make 
your parents' marriage any less. It just is acknowledging that for me to be as healthy as possible, then I need need to stay on top of my diet. diet. And it's okay to acknowledge that. Okay, y'all can't eat fried chicken like you used to. Okay, yeah, we used to fuck it up. Okay, you know, but now we're doing things a little differently for the sake of Health. Health. Yeah. So, you know, that's another thing. And I think three is important. Um, stating your needs. Um, and this goes both ways. Um, you know, a chronic illness can cause a shift in the relationship and the in the balance because things that one person used to be able to do, you know, um, I believe this article has a heavy focus on MS, which if you know, you know how debilitating MS could be, especially as time goes on. Yeah, it's uh, not like it's different every day for that person. Yes, yeah, different. Like one day you might feel good. And then the next day you feel completely terrible. So you yeah. can't do what you did the day before. Yeah. It's really unpredictable um, for an illness. Yeah, and so it's with that you have to be able to state your needs on a a more consistent basis because mm-hmm. when there's two healthy people, um, typically you can do the things that you were always doing. Whereas with a chronic illness, um, and let me say, there's a heavy emphasis on MS, but um, uncontrolled diabetes deteriorates your health really quickly Mm -hmm. um you see you know kidney failure um you see you know like motherfuckers losing arms legs limbs fingers toes um you see issues with eyesight yeah and things of that nature so you know again while you know when you think of diabetes or you think of high blood pressure you really don't truly think about the consequences behind it not being properly controlled but they are they can become as equally as debilitating as you know MS as it progresses if you are not taking proper care of yourself. Right. Um, but state your needs day to day. You know, there have been times with this journey to you know feeling healthier, being more active. Um, I'll have a a, a sugar drop. Like my blood sugar will take a dive because after two hours of exercising. Um, and then, you know, going, you know, going back and forth with doctors to figure out my insulin now that I'm being more active, my blood sugar will dive. Mm. And I have been like, okay, babe, my blood sugar took a huge dip today. And Mike will be like, okay, do you need me to come home? Is it so bad that you need me to come home and make, and, and, you know, deal with London and make sure everything is okay. But if I'm not stating that, how would you know? Right. You don't, you don't know. So one of the things is that I do state my needs, um, especially now trying to balance. And because the key is to, to get to the point um, where insulin is a, is out of the equation completely. And right. that's what's happening. You know, slowly but surely, I'm able to step down my insulin. So I imagine even with other chronic illnesses, if there's day-to-day, like you said, with MS, where one day... You know, the person is fine. They can get up. They can cook. They can clean. Tomorrow, right. they don't even want to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. They can hardly go to the bathroom. And they need their partner 
to do things for them or I, I don't, I'm, I'm hurting. I don't want to get up. Um, could you bring me some water? Could you bring me something to eat? Right. Could you help me to the bathroom? These are real, these are, this is the ra- reality of having a partner with a chronic illness. And there at times will be a shift in the responsibilities where we'll be more heavily geared towards um, the caregiver. Right. With that being said, the caregiver should also state their needs because you are a caregiver, but you're not Superman or Superwoman. Mm-hmm. You too need to have your needs acknowledged in terms of your mental state, your own physical health and things of that nature. Um, if you are working full time and also being the caregiver at home, it's okay to say, Hey babe, I am exhausted. Can we see if your mom or your cousin or your best friend or your sister or your brother or whoever, can they come over and help us and, you know, help us out some, I need to rest. Right. Okay. Being the caregiver does not mean you have to bear every burden. No. And you you should be able to um, take care of your partner as well as yourself. And that, I think that's a kind of good lead into um, number four, uh, which is watch the caregiver's health. Yes. Um, so um, in the article, they kind of just state like if you are not taking care of yourself, you can't really take care of someone else, which is, you know, almost basic common sense. But in, in in a relationship, when you love someone and you see them going through this, you're going to try to give all 125%, 130%. Whatever you can do, you're going to try to be able to do it, whether you are up to it or not, because this person physically can't. Right. So the, the thing is, is to try to have a healthy um, or help healthy. Yeah. Be able to help and, man- and maintain your health as well. Uh, and if that means you know, taking a break um, from doing certain things uh, for your partner and having someone else step in, or if that means, you know, you need once a week to go just relax and get a massage or, you know, have a hobby of your own where you can kind of just sit with yourself and just be yourself uh, just for a little while. Uh, I think that uh, plays into your physical health as well as your mental health as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of taking a break, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, we're going to finish talking about this. We're going to talk about caregiver burnout and some signs to look for uh, when, you know, dealing with the, the caregiver. So we'll be back after the break. Thank you for supporting the Flawless Noises Media Network. You can visit FlawlessNoises.com for more information on our other wonderful shows. You can also connect with us on social media. Search for at Flawless Noises on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Go to FlawlessNoises.com store if you're interested in purchasing some merchandise. And if you really love us and would like some bonus content, subscribe to our Patreon. With $5 and $10 subscription levels, you're bound to hear something you like. Go to Patreon.com FlawlessNoises for more details. We thank you for taking the time to listen to our shows and supporting your favorite hosts. Please feel free to share with your friends, family, co-workers, and more. Flawless Noises Media Network, get to know our sound. And now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. 
and we are back and we were talking about watching the caregiver's health because that is equally important in a situation like this and a lot of caregivers suffer from caregiver burnout um where they are giving 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 and not taking any time to recharge rest relax release and so on and so forth. And some of the signs can be withdrawal from friends, family, and other loved ones, Mm -hmm. a loss of interest in activities previously enjoyed, uh, feeling blue, feeling irritable, hopeless, and helpless, uh, changes in appetite or weight. And a lot of times both changes in sleep patterns, Mm. getting sick more often, Feelings of wanting to hurt yourself or the person you are caring for. Uh, that's a crazy one. Yeah. yeah. Emotional and physical exhaustion. And again, irritability. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've read of instances. I've never seen it up close and personal. But I've read of instances where the caregiver starts to resent the person that they're caring for. Right. Because... It changed their life completely, Mm -hmm. Um, especially depending on the level of care you're giving and whether or not you can afford to have um, someone come in the home and help professionally, you know, a traveling nurse, a home health aide, whatever the case may be. And then if you can't afford that, if your insurance won't cover it, all of that care will fall onto you. Mm -hmm. And when you are constantly caring for someone um, you basically stop caring for yourself, yeah. uh, because you get to a point where how can you f- work fully, mm-hmm. come home and have to care give fully. And if there's kids be a parent, mm-hmm. um, you kind of, you run out, you, you run on E. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, A part of this to me is not just communicating with your partner, but communicating with your community, your support, the people around you, your family, your your family, your friends, your doctors, whatever the case may be. Because sometimes when you can't afford things, doctors will help you find some loopholes. They will know some nonprofit programs that Mm -hmm. may be able to help you something, but communicating with your tribe will help prevent caregiver burnout. Um, if you have a good support system, um, if you don't, I'm sorry that that is something you also have on your plate, Mm -hmm. but don't be afraid even still to look into support groups. Um, because a lot of support groups are free, you know, for, for caregivers, for people, person with the chronic illness, for the both of you to be there. Even if you don't have a tribe, you can start to build one by opening up to people who can help you. Like I said, your medical team, you know, they'll be the first ones. Oh, yeah, I know of a MS support group that's three days a week. Some really great people there and things like that. Like, don't try to handle everything in-house and keep it close to your chest. Nobody can help you nobody can be of service to you and your caregiver aka slash your partner if people don't know right 
Yeah, if no one knows how you're doing and that you need help, you know what I mean? It's not always that someone is able to just notice those things. Um, I, I kind of just, even in just talking about this situation, uh, it made me realize that I've actually seen uh, a lot of, um, you know, having to care give uh, w- within my lifetime. Uh, my grandmother, her husband, um, he got sick and he was basically, you know, he could get up and do minimal. Uh, so like he had to be taken to the bathroom and moved and, and it was, it was getting to be, uh, just too much for my grandmother at the time. And, uh, she reached out, she reached out to his son. Um, and they came up with, uh, just, you know, having him get the neat, the, the caregiving that he really needed because she couldn't, she could no longer do it. Um, so, and sometimes it takes those tough decisions because I know that that was tough for her. It, it's hard to say, hey, I, you know what I mean? I've done all I could at this point and I've kind of reached a limit where I can't continue to, to, to keep giving my all um, because it's, it's, it's not helping him and it's not helping me. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it is uh, one of those things where you will have to you know, sometimes make those tough decisions and, and reach out to those people that, you know, are in support of you and your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can come up with certain things where, um, you know, he he passed, but um, he actually passed after her. So he was comfortable in, in the place that he was. He was yeah. being checked on by family. Yeah. And, you know, they made sure that he, in his last days... Um, was comfortable right. and, and well it wasn't, taken care it, of. Yeah, and it wasn't like a painful thing for him because yeah. when you when you have someone that's sick at home, it may, and that may not be the base the best place for them. Yeah, absolutely. And it, the crazy part is we we addressed this beforehand, but then the next the next step or the next I don't know what word I'm looking for. It's not coming to me. But number five was strengthen social connections, right. which we just said that, you know, having strong friendships, um, you know, having your family on board to be there when needed. And this is more than just if you need help. It's making sure that they realize um the needs for the person. Like if, if the person is in the wheelchair, then making sure that they understand that if they don't have a wheelchair ramp, it's, you know, inaccessible for you guys to come visit them, Right. but you're always welcome to our home. Yeah. Or, and you, you know. can kind of maybe even throw something once a month, once every two weeks or something like that, just so you family and friends can kind of get together, um, make it a family thing. Everyone brings something. So it's not like, you know, you have to do all the cooking or whatever the case may be, but there may be some middle ground where you guys can meet, yeah, um, and kind of just enjoy being around and 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 being sociable, um, as opposed to just sitting in the house and you know taking care of each other. And it, this is here's a here's a key thing: um, if you are the caregiver, you should feel free to maintain your social life without feeling guilty about it 
keeping your own identity is important. Yeah. Do not sink everything into being a caregiver to the point where you feel like that is your occupation. And you can't have a life. And of you your can't own. have a life of your own. And to the person with the chronic illness, you have a responsibility to not guilt trip your partner and the person who gives you care for having their still maintaining their identity, having their own social life. I understand it may be tough because your life has changed Mm -hmm. and the things that you used to love to do, maybe you can't do them anymore or as often, but with the responsibility of caregiving, your partner has a responsibility to themselves to do things to take care of their mental and their physical. Correct. Okay. I, if, if you were a gym rat and now you can't get in the gym like you used to, do not try to guilt trip your partner for still going to the gym and taking care of themselves. As you know, honestly, if you still want to get in the gym or something, maybe you and your partner figure out a way for you to be active. Right. There may be certain exercises there may be certain exercises that a lot would of benefit you, yeah. especially within your condition. And this is one of those things where we yeah. go back and a, to and a lot of a discussing lot. it with your doctor. Yeah, a lot in a lot of gyms, rec centers, YMCAs, they are wheelchair accessible. Yeah. Um and you know, there are ways, not just if you're in a wheelchair, if you are going blind or if you are going deaf or whatever the case may be, you have a responsibility in the situation to not guilt trip your partner for maintaining their own identity and still doing things that they like to do. You also have the responsibility of figuring out new things for you to do yourself that you can enjoy and will like doing. Like I said, to me, that's why it seems beneficial to maybe look into a support group mm-hmm. and see what other people who deal with your illness have, what they do to have fun and enjoy themselves since their lives have changed due to the chronic illness. Right. So, you know, don't just sit in the house thinking you being sick, if that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, so, number six in this case also... Um, just says to address financial strain. Uh, so that just tells us basically, um, I know when my father got sick, he had to, you know, stop working. So that changes, uh, that changes pay, that changes what needs to be paid and how much money is coming into the household. Um, you know, there may be uh, things that you could afford before that you can't afford now um so there's additional changes that need to be made at that point yeah uh, maybe someone has to get another job or what you know whatever the or, case may be or you know try to see what assistance is available um yeah yeah i know for me um financially be become you know finding out that i'm a diabetic um it changed a lot in terms of medications yeah you know to go from not being on anything to, you know, being on insulin or metformin or, you know, all any other uh, other stuff that they use to treat type 2 diabetes. I mean, it comes at a cost to you. And it can get expensive. Yeah. Um, and don't be afraid to look into 
discounted prescription programs. Don't be afraid to, you know, ask your healthcare provider about cheaper alternatives, generic medications, how they work or whatever. Um, you know, if, if you're somebody who's in a wheelchair, then the the cost of a wheelchair, yeah, the cost of making the house wheelchair accessible, there is financial strain associated with chronic illnesses. Um, like I said, most extreme being like MS, um, with diabetes and hypertension and high cholesterol and such like that. Yeah, I feel I- like the costs are minimal if you stay on top of it. The costs are not, the costs exist. There's no such thing as non-existent costs once you have a chronic illness. But right. if you are taking care of yourself, you can minimize some of the costs because the less you take care of yourself, the sicker you get. The sicker you get, the more, the more care you need, need more yeah. meds you need. So, again, be honest about the financial strain associated with a chronic illness. Um, it doesn't make you know, you a terrible person, um, but you have to have the honest conversations so that you are not going in debt or going without things that you need. Right. right. Um, they even suggest getting maybe like a personal financial advisor. Yeah. Um, that can maybe help you kind of allocate some of these funds and see, um, you know, maybe where you can cut back on certain stuff to continue um to afford the life that you've been living. Yeah. So I, I like that idea as well. I, yeah, I mean, I Not do. everybody may be able to do that because that's almost like another expense. That's another expense. But, but yeah, if you have if you have the capability to do so, yeah. um, you know, the article said that there are financial planners who um, are experts in handling chronic medical conditions. I did not know that. That's new to me. Mm. But they do exist. And if you are able to afford one or speak with one or have a consultation with one, um, I would suggest that you do so. It doesn't seem like a bad idea to me. And it ultimately, in the end, keeps down some of the stress, strain, and resentment that could form when trying to map out and plan how to make sure the person with the chronic illness is getting the proper care and treatment. Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, and this one is my favorite. (laughs) Last, but certainly not least prize each other. And it says that, you know, your team, you're together all the time. Um, don't forget to be kind to each other do kind things for each other, have date nights, do things that you like. I certainly understand with some chronic illnesses, um, intimacy can be an issue. Yeah. Uh, but to me, the older I've gotten and actually, you know, having a life partner, I, realize every day that intimacy goes far beyond just sex. Yeah. Okay. It it is so much more than just sex. There's so many other ways to be intimate, to make a person feel loved, appreciated, respected, wanted. 
There's even like, even with the date night, like you don't even have to leave to have like a nice yeah. little date night. You can. You could go get some, some Olive Garden. Yeah, you could order some food. Give um, me a tour tour to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the case may be, but just you know, doing those little things Light to let key. your partner know that despite this illness or despite what's going on. Um, with the the life that you're living now that you do still care and love them and this is something that you know you're willing to to do for them make so. sure that yeah make sure that they know i am as in love with you now as i was if that's how you feel if that's how you feel if, that's how you, feel, if you don't <laughs> feel like that this is you got a whole nother situation to deal with but it's important to and this is something that people should do period in their relationships that kind of gets lost in the shuffle of work, school, kids, maintaining a household, dealing with your parents getting older, your grandparents getting older, you know, trying to advance in your career, trying to have a social life. A lot of times you forget to really prize each other and let the other person know like, hey, Damn, I know it's been a minute, but I I love you, and I let's let's spend some time together. Let's watch one of our favorite movies, or yeah. let's do something that we like to do that won't be you know that won't take you out of the game physically. Let's let's figure this out, cause you know we we spend a lot of time trying to keep everything together. Uh, I just want to spend some time with you. Maybe even having a hobby that you both enjoy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something that's maybe not too strenuous if you collect stuff or whatever the case may be. Maybe try to enjoy that with your partner. And I know this might sound corny, but so what? Forget it. Fuck (laughs) y'all if you think it is. But one of the things that me and Mike like to do after a long day, after we both get home, both relax, sitting in the bed, chilling, we play Uno. And I don't know what makes it so special, but we just have fun. And we yeah. play Uno, and we talk shit, and we crack jokes. And, you know, it it really takes a lot off of you after a long day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, like, it doesn't have to be, you know, Anything a, a $1,000 yeah. date. But yeah. it's just coming together with your partner and saying... I fuck with you the long way. <laughs> you know, I, I really do. And I appreciate everything you do. And, you know, let's, let's, let's eat some snacks and enjoy each other. And, you know, give me a little foot rub, rubby rub rub. Mm-hmm. And I might return the favor on your back or something. I ain't rubbing no man feet. Hey, my feet ain't even bad. Don't don't they be not. crazy. They not. Okay. Okay. But I still I ain't rubbing them. Let that be known. Though. I ain't. What I'm finna do with a ten and a half size foot with uh, nothing, these little hands? I don't want you touching my feet. No way. Word. But that, that's what's now. I wanna point. now. I'm gonna tickle them. <laughs> <laughs> since since you're so re- reluctant to change. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I think so. That was the seven things that that article covered. And to be completely honest, these seven things. Are you should be doing period. It shouldn't take a chronic illness yeah. or sickness or something for these things to occur. You should be communicating regularly. You should be stating your needs. You should be 
asking for help when you need it. You should be communicating about finances. You should be, you know, making sure to spend some quality time together. And, you know, all of those are things that you should do. It shouldn't have your own life within the relationship. You should already having your own identity. You should have your own identity in within a relationship so that even if something like a chronic illness comes about, you understand how important it is to have your identity. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, don't wait until you are met face to face with adversity in terms of health problems to get on the good foot in your relationship. Because all of these things make a relationship easier. And I and I hear a lot of times people say, marriage ain't easy. It ain't no walk in the park. It's not this. It's not that. And that's true. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that's true. However, you can make it easier on yourself. You can make it easier on yourself by being available, being willing to learn, being open and in things like that in your yeah. relationship. Like I'm sure, you know, Mike and I get on each other's nerves, but as a whole, in the grand scheme of things, we do basically follow those steps. You know, we we communicate on how we feel, we communicate when we're upset, we communicate when we have a good day. A bad day. Don't feel good. Feel great. We communicate. We talk. You yeah. know, and to me, it's been all the the helpful. Even you know, we discuss finances. We have things that we like to do outside of each other. We don't follow each other around like puppy dogs. And no. we can, you know, Mike. So Mike is a little bit more different. Mike is a homebody, and Mike don't like to fly. So right. <laughs> like I'm going, I'm going home to for a couple of days to you know visit friends and family or whatever and and stuff like that. And Mike is not having a hissy fit that I'm doing that. You know what I'm saying? It's not. Well, if you travel, I need to travel with you. You know, I should be able to go home for a couple of days and see family. Yeah. Mike decide he want to go to the Bronx and <laughs> see family. <laughs> <laughs> well, we probably would have to go because his family would have a shit fit if Mike showed up in the Bronx without London. Yeah. So, but that's different. Yeah, because they they haven't seen her yet. So, so but that is a bit different. Yeah, but at the same time, if he wanted to go to Philly and see his his best friend and London's goddad, hey, Keith, Erica, Riley, um, Cairo, um, the two older girls. <laughs> I I don't remember You're the name. You're putting on the spot right now, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Hey y'all! Uh, <laughs> hey everybody! Hey, man, I'm I'm tired today. <laughs> Don't mind me. But if Mike wanted to go to Philly and see his one of his best friends for the weekend, I would not flip out about it. Right? You know, it would not be some. You just going to do this, and why I can't? Like, you have your own friends, and your friends like me, and I like your friends. But sometimes you just want to fuck with your friends. Which is you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And kick it with your your boys. And y'all want to shoot the shit and drink douce or what the fuck ever. And eat crab legs. Because this nigga Keith always got some seafood. (laughs) But we have identities outside of each other. Um, And the last thing that they didn't talk about. But this is something that I've seen with Mike. And this is something that I noticed with his mom. Um, when it comes to dealing with his dad and how, you know, he's had to change his way of living due to his heart condition. 
she's never she doesn't make him feel like less than a man or less than a person because he can't do the things that he used to do right um even with mike he's never made me feel weird or self-conscious about being a diabetic he's a he's the right mix of i care about your health but i also trust you to take care of yourself so i'm not going to be policing you like i'm your doctor because that's important too yeah. in the caregiver thing is knowing when to be supportive and knowing when to allow a person to handle their own health. You right. know what I'm saying? There's only so much that you can do anyway. I mean, as a, as a caregiver, <clears throat> you can't make someone healthier um, by hounding them about things that they need to do. Like, and you're I don't not think the that, doctor. I don't think that helps. I think it's it builds stress. It adds... Yeah. It adds stress to it because now he's like, well, if I don't do this, then it's, you know, or if she says, oh, I, if I don't do this, then he's going to be upset. Right. And yeah, it just adds certain aspects that don't really need to be put yeah. on top of the illness. Yeah. And so I, I appreciate you for that. Um, and I appreciate that seeing that uh, dynamic with your parents is that your mom only wants to see your dad healthy. But she is not like, ah, nigga, that's why your heart fucked up. And blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, not beating down on him about it. Right. So, like I said, like, be be kind to yourself. Be kind to the person that is there with you, giving care and support. And as the caregiver, be mindful of the person's, uh, you know, mental state when it comes to their health. But also, um... Don't, what's the thing? Don't act like you, it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. It's a big deal. But you could be supportive without overstepping your bounds. So ultimately, that wraps up the show for us because I don't know how much more we could say. But if you do have a chronic illness and you are in a serious relationship, you are married, um... Just know that that does not have to weaken the relationship. It does not have to build resentment, depression, and all these other things. You can have a fruitful, loving, amazing relationship in marriage. And even with that going on. So thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you back next week. Well, two weeks. I'm sorry. We'll be back in two weeks. And as usual, don't forget to go to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Flawless Noises. Head on over to FlawlessNoises.com and purchase some merch. And we are out. <laughs>